episode 67 of the Who Threads podcast. Finally got my man, Kerwin Porter, on the line. Kerwin, how's it going, man? I'm so paranoid, everything. <laughs> my dog. So uh, good to have you on, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is the only time in your life that you'll see Kerwin Porter seated in a chair. <laughs> the only time. So um, let's get into it. So, you know, talk about, you know, being, you know, born in Baltimore, raised in Annapolis, Glen Burnie, and, uh, you know, your your youth teams. What did you learn playing for Coach Wilson? Um, just growing up with um, Coach Wilson, you know, he always had us outside in a gym. No matter where it was, if we could play basketball there, we was there. You know what I mean? Um, always spent hours and hours on fundamentals. You know, that's where I'm big at. I'm big on the fundamental aspect because that's what he taught us. Um, you know, and just playing hard. That's really it. You know, that's what I learned from playing with Coach Wilson. You know, the fundamentals, the intangibles, and just give it 110 every time you're out there on the floor. So you started high school really young, you know, at 13 years old. You had 27 in your first game as a freshman on varsity basketball. Um, first, talk about your your high school selection process, you know, what it came down to and how you ended up at Gibbons. So um, I ended up at Gibbons because um, I played with um, a kid named Alex Franz playing AAU with um, Maryland Short Shots. And um, during that time, I was kind of like, you know, getting there, living with them, you know. So, um, of course, playing with them, had the opportunity of, you know, talking to Clad St. Hill, uh, Gibbon, you know, um, the SFA, like a, a couple of schools, you know. But just in all, I knew at Mount St. Joe that Brian Johnson was going to go there, which was one of my close friends. Um, Spalding had Jesse Brooks at the point at the time already, you know, and um, Gibbons really had a freshman there starting at the point guard for the varsity team. And then he ended up transferring and going back to New Jersey. So it was basically like a win-win situation. Like, all right, if I go there, I'm going in as a starter or I'm going to be on varsity, you know, as going to Spalding or whatever, it would have been, okay, I might be on varsity, but I know I'm barely going to get in the game because Jesse Brooks got the one. You know what I'm saying? But if I knew what I knew now, I probably try to go to St. Joe with Brian and try to play off the ball. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, it didn't really work out at Gibbons. You know, talk about your transfer to, to Chesapeake and how that experience impacts the guidance that you give young athletes now. So, um, yeah, you know, some things happen at Gibbons, you know. Things didn't go well, um, so I had to transfer out. So, um, you know, things didn't go well at Gibbons, you know, so um, I had to transfer out. With that being said, I transferred to Chesapeake. I already knew the coach at Chesapeake. I had friends at Chesapeake. I went, I was in that area going to middle school, so forth, so on. So I already had the relationships there. So it was basically a done deal once the Gibbons thing was done, it was basically like, okay, I'll be at Chesapeake. And with that, that's why I tell my kids nowadays, like, you know, stay focused, stay locked in, and, you know, ask for all the help you can get because I was one of those kids that never asked for help. I was just, oh, I'll do it when I do it, or I got it. I was one of those kids that never asked for help. Mm. Mm. Got you. Talk about your AU experience. You know, you ended up playing some some pretty big name players, you know, growing up. I remember I was listening to an interview. They were talking about how you're fighting Irish 16s beat Wayne Ellington. Um, you know, talk about how that that experience with AU kind of gave you confidence as a player through high school. Well, first, we're going to start back with going back to Mr. Wilson for real. Um, playing with Mr. Wilson, there was a kid there named Jordan Norwood. Jordan Norwood was probably he probably did like ten years in the NFL. He ended up being an NFL player. Um, played with the Browns, played with the Broncos, went to Penn State. But the kid was a phenomenal basketball player at a young age. You know, um, Mr. Wilson used to put me in the gym with him. He used to bust my tail literally. 
night in, night out, bust my tail. It made me get better. Um, and then Mr. Wilson used to always, I was an off the ball guy, always used to make me play the point. Like curve and run the one, you know, bring the ball up, you know, and moving forward, it just made me more comfortable. I always been an off the ball guy, but as I got older to the age around like 13, I started playing on the ball. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with that being said, playing against the players that we play against in the DMV area, DMV area was rich at that time. It's still rich now, but it was rich as a mug at that time. Yeah. So, you know, just playing against those guys night in and night out, it ain't no all days. You got to bring it every night, you know? And then back then it wasn't too many Nike, Under Armour, Adidas teams. Everybody was basically split up. So you might have six teams, six to eight teams in the DMV that's stacked. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just, oh, well, these two teams in Baltimore are good. And then these two teams in DC, no. You got six teams in DC, you got six teams in Baltimore, and then you got another Anne Arundel County team that that's going to pop out. Mm. Got you. So I don't know about these days because you always duck in the smoke, but back in the day, you were a bucket. You had a couple uh, 30 point games, had a 40 point game versus Old Mill. Uh, how does your style of a play affect the freedom that, that you let your players play with? So I'm always been big on, you know, um, just letting kids play, just free flow for real. Like I always been big on that. I'm not a big, I mean, I love X's and O's, but I feel as though you shouldn't have to come down every possession and call a play out. You know, I feel as though like you should be able to come down, feel the game out, go within the flow of a game, pass, cut, and just play basketball. It's, it's simple. You know what I'm saying? It's not rocket science, but I try to give kids the um, free reign to do whatever they want until they start doing too much. Then you got to reel them back in. You know what I'm saying? I would I would never be a coach to be like, yo, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. If you can do it, you can do it. You know, but if you try it five, six times and it ain't successful, then we got to change it up. <laughs> If you don't get back and play defense, that upsets them too. Uh, (laughs) Talk about your transition from playing to coaching, how that came about. So, um, always been a player, always loved playing. Um, Never really ever thought about coaching ever in my life. You know, never really thought about it. Um, A guy by the name of Chris McClinic used to coach my nephew or whatever. And I was always around the game, you know, I always paid attention to it. Um, he used to coach my nephew. So he decided one year that he got a job. He had got a job offer in New York. So he basically had to up and move his whole situation. So when he moved to New York, he came to me and was basically like, bro, I got these nine-year-old kids, you know, good group of kids. Um, you would love them, blah, blah, blah. I said, bro, like, you ain't even got to talk me into this. I said, I got you. You know what I mean? Without even a hesitation, I'm like, I got you. This was football? Yeah, it started with football. Okay. So, um, probably was, what, like, 24 at the time? Something like that. 25 at the time, and took it and ran with it. You know, I, I I got a lot of backlash from parents and stuff, like, oh, well, this guy isn't dedicated. Because at that time, I was, you know, 25, living my life, you know, traveling, vacationing, whatever. You know, parents wasn't really believing in me at the time. Like, you know, this guy's not dedicated. This guy's not, he's not for the kids. Blah, blah, blah. I, I heard it all. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, they finally seen me in action and realized like, okay, well, you know, he really took this and, and ran with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really isn't just a a guy out here just out here just to coach or, you know, just to fill a spot. No, like, he really is for the kids. So that's how I kind of, you know, built my thing from the ground up. Gotcha. How did you transition from coaching, uh, you know, football to basketball? So, you know, basketball is, let's say, 80% 
basketball is 10 times easier than what football is. You know, football, you controlling dang there, 22 kids, basketball court is only five. Mm-hmm. You know, you might only got 12 on a team. Football team, you might got 30. You know what I'm saying? So the development and football and just getting kids playing time and so forth, so on, like, that's another animal in itself. But the basketball transition, like, I've been doing basketball. Like, I did football my whole life, too. But basketball, I've been doing that my whole life, almost, at like, at a high level, dang near my whole life. You know, so it wasn't, like, a real big transition. Like, I kind of knew you moving forward, okay, I didn't know, like, the exact tournaments we need to be playing in and stuff like that. But I knew how to develop at the time. You know what I'm saying? And the tournament stuff, it, it, it's going to come. We basically started rec ball. You know, I wasn't going to just straight do AAU. We did rec ball. We learned the game, developed, and then, you know, we turned it into an AAU team. And it started with BBC? No. Team called Herndale Hornets. Okay. I yeah. turned my Herndale Hornets team, which was – they're called Herndale Hornets or HYSL, um, Herndale Youth Sports League. I turned that team – and made them into BBC. Okay. Gotcha. And then from where, from there, where did you go? Kind of take me from, from, from Herndale. I did Herndale for a few good years. Um, took that Herndale team that I had made it, a, uh, made a team BBC team. Um, after two, three years, I was with team BBC, um, left there, went to new world for two years. Did two years over at New World, and now I'm on my second year with Team Mello. Gotcha. Okay. Um, talk about how, so like coaching the two different sports, the speed of basketball as far as play calling, subs, defenses, matchups is a lot different than football. Talk about how one coaching skill set has helped you with the other sport, you know, some of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way. Um, Just in general, I know, like, you know, you know, I'm an animated coach already, Aaron. So I'm always rah rah. But <laughs> I guess just off the off of that, I've kind of learned how to, you know, be patient and 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 grow with the kids. Like I used to be like anal, like da 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 da. You got to get it right now, right now, da da da. But as like moving forward, I just been patient with the development stuff. Like, okay, I know we're gonna get it. Like we got a good team. We might can't run the stuff right now, but eventually we are going to get it. Um, just doing that, like with football and basketball, like taught me just being patient. But the speed of basketball and the speed of football, two totally different things. Like I got 40 seconds to call a play in football. Mm-hmm. I don't got 40 seconds to call a play in basketball. Like we pushing that joint. We got five, 10 seconds call a play. If we ain't call that play within five to 10 seconds, shot clock probably at freaking 15. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like, oh, we got 15 seconds to get a bucket. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Football field, I got 40 seconds to think. After the play, I get another 40 seconds. It ain't constant up and down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Football, you get breaks. And that's the same thing I try to tell kids with like the conditioning thing. Like they'll come off a of football field and be like, I'm conditioned for basketball. No, you're not. you football <laughs> conditioned. You're not basketball condition. <laughs> it's a totally different beast. Totally, um, totally different beast. Talk about your own experiences as a young athlete and how that informs your ability to build relationships with kids, because that's a big part of what you do as far as just being um, a connector with the kids on the court with between them and Coach Pratt. Yeah. So um, just, you know, my young background and, you know, how I was raised and grown up. Um, I can kind of relate to, you know, most of the kids, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that um, Pratt or anybody else can't relate to most of the kids, but, you know, I'm, I'm up there in age, but I'm not up there in age. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, listen to the same music as them, you know. Um, I just have a, a real, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, I kind of like no kids, you know what I'm saying? I guess just being around kids, like even just doing like, you know, the teacher assistant thing in school and, you know, helping out with kids, like just being around kids. Like I've learned to learn how kids react, what kids react off of what, you know what I'm saying? Like some certain kids might react 
some certain kids might react well off of rah Ron and some kids might not react well off of rah Ron. Some kids might react well off of, oh, well, you need to do it like this and da 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 and breaking it down. But mm-hmm. some people need that battery in their back. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's different ways to go about, you know, your coaching. So, like, I had, a, I had a conversation with a coach last night, basically. And his big thing was, I like to give him tough love. You know what I'm saying? And which I get that. I'm big on a tough love situation. But some kids don't react well to tough love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you might lose a kid with tough love. Mm-hmm. So, every everything that you do for one kid or another kid, you can't do for the other kid. Simple as that. So, you know, talk about the, the beginning of your, your high school coaching career and, you know, talk about some of the differences between coaching at a private school now versus, you know, coaching at a public school then. So, public school. Oof. So, you know, public school, you get what, what comes in there, you know, there's no recruiting there, you know, and not Southern, Southern that I was at was a real good public school. There wasn't a bad public school. Every year I was there, we had a kid go D1 at least. You know, at least one kid go D1 on the team. Every year at Southern. Um, so it wasn't like it was a bad team. It's just, you know, um, just kids in general nowadays, like they, they think they know everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always, well, I can do this and I can do that. No, it's not how basketball works. You know what I mean? And then, like, public school, they know it all. When you get to private school to where, though, these this, like, almost is a business at a private school. Like, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, next man is coming in. You know what I'm saying? So that's, like, the biggest difference with, like, the public school and the private school. Like, public school, you're going to have what you have or you're going to get what you get because of, you know, you can't really recruit. But the private school thing, like, you can – really recruit so it's like if this man right here ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing all right that's fine we're gonna find somebody else next year to come in and do what you don't want to do as simple as that you know what i mean and just uh athletes you know what i mean like no disrespect to public schools but you know you have those public schools that are good that have the great athletes but then you have those public schools that are just like ah you know what I'm saying? You got them in private schools too, but majority of the time, you know, private schools are going to get the pick of the litter. A lot of it has to do with the class size too, and you know how big the school is. As school well. is, yeah. A lot of the more you know rural schools can be a little bit more difficult. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to put your recruiting hat on and talk about Spalding basketball. Talk about you know what the typical player looks like what the student athlete looks like, the style of play, the culture, you know, coaches, Coach Pratt's coaching style, you know, talking about Spalding. So um, I'm going to say a Spalding kid, basically, hard-nosed kid, um, yes, sir, no, sir kind of kid, yes, coach, no coach kind of kid, um, honor roll student, you know, um, Great in the community, great people person. You know, um, of course, you know, most kids have, you know, um, I ain't gonna say issues, but always, you know, most kids always got a little something with them, you know, is what it is. But um, we try to have kids that can control that. And if, if you can't get what I'm saying, like, you know, of course, most kids want to be kids, but in a private school setting, you got to carry yourself in a well-mannered way. You know what I'm saying? You can't be in there goofing around, walking the hall, so forth, so on. Like, we want kids that are about their business, and we want kids that's about their business on the gym, in the gym or on the field or whatever they do, extracurricular as part of You know what I'm saying? And we also love kids that do stuff outside of sports. You know what I'm saying? Community, um, just giving back in general. You know what I'm saying? Talk about the style of play for the team, you know, the the culture, you know, how how Coach Pratt likes to coach and, and kind of some on-court stuff. Um, 
I feel as though like we like to play fast, you know what I mean? Um, of course, we got our sets that we run, but all in all, we like to give the kids free reign, you know, play a little four out, five out, um, free flow basketball, let them play on a break a lot, you know what I'm saying? But of course, you when you when you get to the half court style, you gotta have them sets, you gotta be able to run that stuff. You know what I'm saying? We big on, you know, fundamental being fundamental, jump stopping, being in help defense, talking on defense, getting on the floor, you know, like that kind of stuff. Got you. Talk about your role on the coaching staff. You know, what areas you've grown in the most, you, you know, with learning from Coach Pratt and, you know, some stuff that you do differently versus what you're doing in Southern. So um, just being under Coach Pratt, bro, like taught me a lot just in general, like be patient, got to listen, um, trust your coaches. Um, like that's that's three of the main things that he really taught me. Like trust your coaches, listen, um, be patient, um, run your stuff, um, trust your kids, and um, like just in general, like those things. But my biggest thing at Spalding that I think that I do a great job at. I'm not gonna say. I do a great job at everything, but I definitely do a great job at Spalding with, you know, locating and evaluating the talent to bring in the Spalding. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely, you know, kind of know the landscape of the eighth grade classes and the seventh grade classes. And, you know, I have relations, I build relationships with parents in the majority of those classes. So that's really where I help Spalding at, mm -hmm. is the recruiting aspect. So that actually leads perfectly into what I was about to ask next. So, you know, you are a really good recruiter, especially, you know, on our staff, um, you know, talk about what you've learned in, in that part of your kind of coaching arsenal, as far as like what, you know, questions you're asking parents or what you talk about with parents, what you talk about with the kids, you know, what you're looking for, what some red flags are, you know, what, what makes you into the, the great recruiter that you are. So my big thing in recruiting is, you know, when you recruit, you got to have a plan, basically. When you come with your recruit, you got to have a plan. You got to plan for what you're going to do with them, how you're going to use them, how you're going to fit at the school, you know, will he like the school, um, just so forth, so on. That's This is just what's spoiled, you know what I'm saying? Like, we haven't gotten to the AU situation, but what's spoiled, you know, basically – are you a sporting kid? How's your grades? When we communicate, when we talk, are you looking at me, staring at me? Um, how how you play on the court? You play hard. You know, um, you playing team basketball, um, so forth, so on. But like when I talk to kids, it's basically like I keep it real with them. Like I'll see you as a varsity player. I see you as a JV player. Most parents want to hear the real. Don't give them the bull and tell them, oh, he's going to be on varsity, he's going to be starting, he's going to be doing this and doing that, and then he gets to the school and he's not doing that. That's cause, that's going to cause for transferring. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I try to give most parents, you know, the real, you know, and basically tell them off the jump, this is what it's going to be, this is how it's going to be with me. You know, Pratt is like this. Pratt is like that, you know, and then Pratt give his spill and so forth, so on. And then, you know, we got to make sure we all on one accord. Also, I can't be saying one thing on this side and then Pratt is saying one thing on this side. Like everything, we all got to be one. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's my that's my big thing on recruiting. Like we all got to be one and we just got to be truthful with the kids and up front. Gotcha. So you're a great assistant right now, you know, hopefully going to be, you know, leading your own pro program here in the next couple of years. You know, if you were to start a program today, what would be your philosophy? What does your offense and defense look like? What are you looking for in recruits? What type of school are you trying to coach at? You know, break that down for me a little bit. Um, so really, it would depend on where I got my coaching gig at. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my where I would really want to coach at 
or whatever would be somewhere that has boarding. I would love somewhere that has boarding, you know, um, great financial assistance, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I get it. Some schools might not have that, but you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know me, I'm a fast paced kind of guy, push the ball, um, full court press you, run and jump. I don't believe in zones that much, but you know, if we got to go zone, we'll go zone, but. And you're going to be a believer zone. this year. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> oh, fast, 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 fast. I don't care what KP talking about. Fact. We were in a whole lot of zone this year. <laughs> no, that's facts. That's facts. That's facts. But yeah, I'm not big on the zone principle. You know what I mean? I'm big on man principle. If you can play man, you can play zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. That's my thing. So let's talk about, you know, your start with, with Mello coaching the, the eighth grade mid hoops team. Um, you know, talk about what, what coaching with them is, has, has been to you and, and how it's been and what you see your future there looking like. Um, so, you know, um, last year I was with the Avery Mello team. Um, and the winner, we was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? When we was, had a phenomenal team, um, got to the spring, summer, you know, a lot of things broke up, basically had a new team in the spring, summer from what we did in the winter. You know what I'm saying? But it kind of stepped us back a little bit, but we still competed and played with the top teams in the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this first year with Melo was, a I would say, a great year, but it just wasn't – how can I say – how can I say – it just wasn't – Start to finish wasn't what I ex- expected. Yeah. If I could say that. It, it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I figured it would be a little bit better at the end, but, you know, it, we, we was having basically turnaround. First year director, you know what I'm saying? We had a new director this year. Mm-hmm. Basically a whole new staff at Mellow. Everything was brand new this year. So basically this year was the first year for – the new generation of team mellow mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so basically you know we're here so we're trying to go here 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 every year mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we're trying to progress every year mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so i get it first year it was some trials and errors and stuff like that but moving forward i think mellow is going to be no disrespect to y'all but the premier au program in baltimore and one of the premier programs in the country and DMV sir. moving forward. Yes, sir. All right. So talk about some misconception of AAU and high school coaches, you know, from the outside that they may not understand about, you know, people like us. So when you say that question, what do you, what do you mean by that? So, I mean, some people think that AAU is just, you know, you roll the ball out and let them play. Um, some people think that AAU coaches, you know, maybe that they're more focused on themselves or, you know, furthering their career. Or they're just here to get mellow, attach themselves to players, that type of deal. I get it. All right. So um, my thing is AAU isn't just a roll the ball out there and play kind of basketball. I mean, AU is basically from what we play at is the best of the best, basically. You know, you have your Nikes, you have your Adidas, you have your Adams. You know what I'm saying? So, end of the day, you have the top athletes from all areas playing in Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour. You have the best talent in the country playing. AAU and these tournaments and these sessions or whatever you want to call it. Like it's very rare in high school that you have freaking eight, nine D one kids on one team. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. of course the IMGs or the Montverds and stuff like that, that are built off of Nike and stuff like that. Of course, they're going to have the, seven eight nine d1 kids but most high schools don't have that Mm -hmm. 
but the premier AAU programs, they have that. Mm. So high school, it takes very more technical stuff because high school, you're there every day with kids. You're developing, you're Sorry, we had some technical difficulties there, but we're back online with KP. So, if you were the uh, if you were the big boss, if you were the czar of basketball for a day, high school or AAU, what's the what's a rule that you would add in? What's a change that you would make? Say it again. If you were like the boss of of high school basketball or AAU, shot clock everywhere, and you could and you could change one thing, what would it be? Shot clocks everywhere. <laughs> shot clocks in every state 100 what what time do you actually like it at to be honest 35 cool but i prefer 30 yeah yeah I prefer 30. i'm kind of with that okay what yeah. sets what sets the dmv apart from you know other areas in the country you know is there is there one specific thing you can think of we do this. This is what we do. Basketball is what the DMV do, bro. Like, you know, you got Baltimore that's gritty. You know what I mean? You got the DCVA side that's like the IQ is crazy. So then you mix them all together. It's like you got gritty and you got crazy IQ. Like, that's it's crazy. Like, it's tough. What, what other areas would you put at the same level as the DMV? Just out of curiosity. Um, Texas, we'll say probably Texas. Um, Cali don't, I feel like Cali don't get their just due because it's the West Coast, but Cali basketball. Um, Texas, Cali, and New York, Jersey. Yeah, I got, I got Atlanta in there, Georgia. I think Georgia's Georgia, 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 yeah, yeah. To an extent, yeah. To an extent, yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some quick hitters, and then I got one more question. We're gonna get out of here. So, what's a game show that you think you'd win? Oof. I'm winning a lot of game shows. <laughs> I don't know though, bro. I I gotta think. I, I Family Feud. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you tear up the last thing. That, yeah, Steve <laughs> Harvey. Yeah. Family, family feud. There you go. All right, invite three basketball minds to a dinner to chop it up with. And this is just anybody living, living or dead. Yeah, you can't say that, bro. I'm gonna put like my three favorite basketball players at the table. We just go kick it. Go for it. Um. I got to have my man Bubba Chuck there because I love him. Like, he's the reason why, like, I ain't going to say he's the reason why I played basketball, but, like, I kind of, like, patterned my game around Irish, mm -hmm. if you want to say that. Mm -hmm. um, Iverson, Coach K, and that last one hard. I guess – should it it, it got to be basketball? No, nah, it has to be. I'm going to just put basketball in general just because we're talking basketball. Um, Iverson, Coach K, and probably Kobe. I was about to say. I, I feel like you said Kobe. Yeah. I feel like I, I'd have Charles Barkley in mind. Just for the Charles Barkley just for entertainment, bro. He don't know basketball, though. I got Iverson there for the entertainment. Coach K and Kobe for the basketball talk. There you go. What coach have you stolen the most from? <laughs> Womack. <laughs> Womack and Todd. That's a good answer. Uh, as far as recruits go, what's the one that got away? The one that got away. The one that got away that I feel as though we could have had, Bryson Tucker. Yeah, that was that was my answer. Bryson Tucker. 
MJ or LeBron. If it wasn't Bryson, then I would probably would have said my kid Amir that left to go to St. John's, but okay. Bryson Tucker. MJ or LeBron. Huh? <laughs> Jordan. And it ain't close. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going with Kobe over LeBron. Like, come on. <laughs> what book is a must read for every basketball coach? You hit me on the head with that one, bro. <laughs> I got to think on that one. One of, one of Coach K's many books? Probably. But I got to think on that one right there. I already know your answer to this one, but I'm still going to ask it anyways. Would you rather take a charge from Shaq or try to guard KD with the game on the line? I'm taking a char- charge from the diesel. <laughs> Yo, you'd send your little ass flying, dog. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to stand right there, too. <laughs> KD is not gonna put me on that island. Look crazy for a game winner. No way. Hey man, you gotta make sure you're protecting yourself too. Both hands. Yes, Lord. I was oh, the best. Oh, I'm falling before he, before the diesel even touched me. <laughs> the flop is coming into play. Get it's gonna it. it's gonna hurt regardless how it happens. Thanks. What's the best dynasty you've seen? The best dynasty I've seen. Yeah. Ooh, we best dynasty. Best dynasty that I've seen with my own eyes. Bulls or Warriors. I'm gonna say Warriors for real. Steph Curry them. Like they got the game in a chokehold for real. Mm. Underrated Twitter follow. Underrated Twitter follow, like by who? Like someone following me? Yeah, no, 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 no. Like just, just a person to follow on Twitter that you that you like. I don't know. I don't really you. I don't really follow nobody. I don't really use Twitter like that. You a big IG guy? All right. What was the What was the first time you were in a room where you realized you didn't know much? You didn't know anything about basketball, or you didn't know as much as the people around you. Never really felt like that before. Okay. What coaches do you study the most? Um, like I said, I'm a big Duke guy. So, of course, Coach K. Um, you know, I've been underneath a Pratt for the last four, three to four years. So, I kind of like, you know, look up to Pratt. Um, you know, and even the man Sam, like, brain, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, he's done some stuff, so I kind of, you know, listen to him, look up to him, you know, mm-hmm. look at look at him kind of like the big brother in this coaching thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What's the hardest shot in basketball? Like for me, it's when you when the corner, the corner three. I think. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I hate that the the floater from like just outside the paint on the block when you catch it on the fast break. I hate that, that angle. Yeah. All right, what's the what's the most famous person's number that you have in your phone? Right, Nick Saban. Nick Saban? Yeah. <laughs> oh, from the league. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a good. Yeah. And yeah, I actually. I can't believe I didn't ask about that too. Talk about you know being being kind of the stepfather to Malik and what that experience has been like and, you know, kind of will be like and, um, you know, how you help him with some of the decisions he's making. So, I mean, I know the kid since he was eight, nine years old, um, had him always playing a year or two older in football. You know, um, kid always held his own. Um, Always looked at his feet, was like, all right, kid got good size, but where size 13 has a freaking nine-year-old, 10-year-old, like, <laughs> you're going to grow. You know, a lot of people told me when I had him at nine, 10 years old that he's not a quarterback. He's not going to be a quarterback. He's not going to be good. Da, 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 da. You put him You put him at his regular age, he still wouldn't be a starter. You only start him because you like him. Da, 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 da. I, I heard it all, bro. Mm-hmm. I heard it all with this kid. Mm-hmm. But the one thing like that kid did, he listened to what I said. 
and he trusted the process. He didn't he didn't give a dang. He didn't give a dang what nobody said about him. Like, oh well, you reclassing or you you play for Brooklyn Park or da 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 da. Like he didn't listen to none of that. Like it was times that like you know people around him like major people in his life was telling him that maybe football isn't for him. You know what I'm saying? Basically telling this kid, like, maybe football isn't for you. Maybe you should focus on other stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I was the main constant in his ear, like, bro, like, you're going to be special. Like, don't listen to what people say, you know. Just do what you do. Keep your head down and just stay on your grind. And you're going to get everything that you want. And my guy kept his head down, grinded. You know, um, as a seventh grader, he played eighth grade football. The regular season, the kid threw like 18 touchdowns to like two picks. Like that, and you are freaking playing up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, imagine what you would do if you played your own age. Like, mm-hmm. you were murdered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everybody's looking at you as a 2023. Like, because he played all, he always played 2023, class of 2023 football. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody looking at you as 2023. What they don't know is really you're a 24, maybe end up being 25 kid. So when it all happened and everything fell into place, like how I told him it was going to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Now you have everybody coming back along like, oh, well, kid, you're this, you're that, you're that. Don't pay no mind to that, bro. Your head down, stay on your grind, you know? And he always, as you've seen being around him, he always had like that leadership trait. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? He even always, as a freshman, man. Even as a freshman. Yeah, like he always had that leadership trait. Like, yo, don't worry about it. We're gonna be fine. We'll get it back next time. Like, like always been big on if we lose, all right. I'm mad that we lost. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be upset and pissy that we lost and be like, oh, I want to talk to nobody. No. I'm gonna gather the, the the crew up, the, the troops, and we're gonna talk about how we're gonna win the next game. You know what I'm saying? Like he always had that in him. And I'm like, yo, long as you have this, you're gonna go far. He's always when it's drilled, when it's time to do drills or it's time to do something, he's the first one in line every freaking time. You know what I'm saying? And you cannot put that in somebody. You know, it's gotta be in you already. And he had that. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was teach him how to play quarterback. That's it. And the sky was the limit. There you go. Talk to you about your experience with, with two sport athletes, you know, your, your thoughts on that. I mean, because we have a whole lot of them at, at Spalding and probably will continue to do so. Um, I'm big on a two-sport athlete just off of, you know, most college coaches want two-sport athletes, three-sport athletes. You know, most college coaches don't want you just playing one sport. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm big on the aggressive part of football and the listening aspect. I think that translates into basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for instance, like Malik plays football and when he goes out there, you can tell he plays football by the way he set his screens. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just believe like that football aggressiveness, the aggressiveness on the football field translates to being aggressive on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if you athletic if you can go up and get the football up here and jump in the air and grab it one hand and all that there's no reason why you can't go up and get a rebound mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like that's just my thing on it mm-hmm. you know and it helps with footwork Don't you? so I got one more question after this but I always turn it at the end to turn the tables a little bit and ask do you, do you have a question for me oh Coach Aaron, <laughs> so how are you liking Spalding so far? What is your, what is your, you know, what can I say? How can I say this? Um, what is it that keeps you at Spalding right now? Got you. Uh, I think the- I know you have aspects of doing other things. What is it that 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 keeps you at Spalding right now? Yeah, I mean, I I have aspirations for sure, but I think the relationship with Coach Pratt uh, is important. Uh, My relationship with you is definitely important. 
Um, I think just the the way that we play and the way that we coach at Spalding, like you said, we, we do give them a lot of freedom, um, but we also get in their ass too. <laughs> it's, not, yes, sir. it's not a place you're going to come and, and, you know, things are going to get sugar-coated or, um, you know, you're going to get misled. Like, we consistently will give you the same message. You're going to hear the same shit from Coach Pratt. Even in recruitment that you're going to hear from me and that you're going to hear from KP. It's not going to be nothing different. Um, and uh, just the way the coach allows us to also, like, he doesn't really micromanage that much. Like, he allows us to, like, KP, you're the JV coach. Not going to tell you what you're going to run, mm-hmm. defense to do. Like, this whole – the whole point of this is is for your development. So, go develop. And, you know, I'll be here to answer any questions or whatever because he has a ton of experience to draw from. Um, but it's it's not a situation where, you know, we're just given, like, little baby stuff to do. You know, we have uh, a big role. So, all right. Uh, so, my last question I, to you – go ahead. I, well, I got one more question for you. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> What's the difference between the red, white, and blue and the red, white, and black? Uh, I don't want to say names, so I'm just saying colors. <laughs> between the math and Spalding. Um, I mean, I missed the gear at the math. I ain't gonna lie. Facts, 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 facts. I think Coach uh, Coach Jones, there, there's some differences between him and Pratt. I think, uh, I mean, I definitely have a lot more responsibility at Spalding. I think uh, the all boy school thing is definitely very different um, mm-hmm. as far as recruiting goes. And yes, it's a different type of environment. Um, you know, I'm not, not saying it's negative or positive. I think that's, that's a lot different. Um, I think one thing too, the, the WCAC, like you're not really traveling as far as I feel like you are sometimes for BCL games. Mm-hmm. And I think like the one thing I miss is like, there's not a huge, like, I don't feel like there are any, like, really, really big rivalries in the BCL yet. I think, you know, we have some stuff growing, you know, with with St. Francis and with MSJ, but there's nothing to the level of, you know, Gonzaga and DeMatha. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big difference. And I actually, I think I think the officiating is a lot better. <laughs> WCAC, I ain't going Word, lie. you know that. You know that's for a fact. It's, it's I, officiating I is definitely lie. better. But, um, I mean – it's it's just been it i think it's it's been instrumental to my development because you know i was at a place like the math with you know a lot of winning and you know championships and nba guys and guys that are playing you know high level college basketball you know coaching for you know coach that's in the hall of fame but um also just like having a smaller role in like a bigger kind of pond so to speak and then being able to come to Spalding and have a, have a much bigger role and put some of the stuff that I learned at the DeMatha to use. It was kind of like I was a student for, you know, three years at DeMatha and now I get to, you know, put yeah. some stuff into play. Um, gotcha. And that's, that's definitely helped a lot, you know, and, and coach picks my brain about that stuff all the time. He's like, you know, how was, how was this like, you know, what, mm-hmm. what did, did coach Jones do in this specific thing? Um, you know, what do you like? That was one of the big things, too, that I really liked about Coach Bratt when I was first talking to him was, you know, what do you want to do here? You know, what do you want your role to be? What like and obviously, like it's his program. I'm not I'm not saying he just lets me do whatever, but he's like, you know, what areas do you want to grow in? What are some things that you want to do so right. that we can we can kind of get you going on that path in that direction? So right. that would be my answer to that. So my last question to you is uh, I'm going to take the microphone back. <laughs> the last question to you is, uh, you know, what's kind of your why when it comes to coaching? I mean, I think a lot of people, if they don't know you, they, they think you might be the AU guy and you know, they, they might be worried about you taking their players or whatever the case may be. But, you know, you I, I really do think you're in it for the right reasons and you genuinely care about your athletes and that that's what makes you a great coach. But kind of is, the, is there a story about, you know, why you do what you do or, you know, a relationship with the kid or anything like that? Yeah. Kind of your why for being here? Um, so my why is basically like me, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want kids to, you know, end up like me. You know, you're you're a phenomenal athlete. You can play, but 
don't let school or don't let the streets or anything like that affect, you know, what you got going on. So that's my why. Like I lock in with these kids. I lock in the gym with them. I do this. I do that. Like I'm here to be like, not just a role model, but like an extra olive branch. You know what I'm saying? Like if parents can't make it happen, call coach KP, coach KP will try to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it ain't just about my kids. I want all kids to succeed. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. go to go to you, we can go take it to Fleming for instance you know what I'm saying like we all could have just been like okay we done with him once he left Spalding no like you steal my dog so I'm gonna still look out for you like I want what's best for you you know what I'm saying I want what's best for all kids moving forward it ain't just my kid or my kids that I deal with I want what's best for all kids so if you got a kid out there and you feel as though like they're not getting just due or, you know, you need some help doing something or just even, oh, well, can you get in the gym with my kid? I'm one of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of those guys going to be like, oh, well, you got to pay me 50 an hour to work out. No, if I'm in the gym, bring your kid. I ain't charging you nothing. Mm-hmm. Just come on. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm for all kids. And when I say all kids, I mean all kids, not just mine, not just Spalding, not just mellow, but all kids. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's my why. I love the youth. This is true. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Um, let the people know where they can find you on, on social media. Get your follower game up. Coach underscore KP on the IG. That's where you can find me. (laughs) Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you, Aaron. Take it easy. All right.